Welcome to the Mad Scientist Podcast, powered by minorities who are astonishingly driven scientists, where we aim to serve everyone pursuing a career in STEM and teach them that they are graced to dominate STEM. Welcome to another episode of Mad Mondays. My name is Marilyn Chanel and I am your hostess and founder of Mad Scientists. And today we are going to be talking about how disobedience will cost you your life. So the purpose of not only this episode, but this podcast in general is to help you And not only just you, but it's also for me too, because I'm in this thing right along with you guys. (laughs) But it's to help us build a relationship with God and have the Holy Spirit to direct us in making the right choices. Especially for us who are pursuing a career in STEM or who already have a career in STEM, it's allowing God and and having the Holy Spirit to direct us on this path. And as I say all the time, we are graced to dominate STEM. In order to dominate STEM, the way God has called us to, we have to be led by him. And so... An important part of being led by God is being obedient to his word. And not going to lie, sometimes obedience is not easy. Obedience is, it, it, it can be scary. It can be hard. It can go against everything that you've, you've ever wanted to do. But we're going to be talking about being obedient and how disobedience will cost you your life. So obedience for me right now is inviting God into the steps of my life and listening to his instructions, especially, well, for me right now, especially in the area of my career and what post-graduation looks like. So before college graduation, I was in a place to decide whether to renew my apartment lease. And so my question to God was, what do I do? I love the area I was in. I love my apartment. The rent was cheaper compared to a lot of other places. And I just wanted to ask God, what what do I do? Do I stay here? Do I like what? Do I get a job here? And so as I'm walking from my chemistry class, I'm having this conversation. I'm asking, I'm like, Holy Spirit, what do I do? Do I stay here? Do I go? And it's just inviting God into those details of my life. Because God wants to be involved in the details. God wants to be involved in the details of your life. He cares about the details. He cares about where you move. He cares about what college you go to, what you major in, who you date, who you marry, your personal goals, your your body goals. He cares about your job, your career, your new business venture. God cares about it all. And he wants to be involved in that. And so in Psalm 
3723, just in case you want to write it down. And I would encourage you to speak it over yourself, write it down, put it in your reminders of your phone, listen to it, read it often that the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. And and it doesn't just say some details, a little bit of details. He delights in every detail of their lives. I mean, you're talking about a God who has every single hair on your head numbered. That's something I don't even know. (laughs) But God wants to be involved in every detail of your life, especially the points I just mentioned, but so much more than that. But it's so much more than that. And when it comes to the word delight, to delight means to take great pleasure to please someone greatly. So God takes great pleasure in every single detail of your life. He wants to be involved in that. So I would encourage you, invite God into the details of your life. Ask him. So one, the instruction, as I was walking on the sidewalk and I'm saying I'm like holy spirit what do I what do I do I hear go home and I'm not gonna lie not gonna lie I can't lie I continue to apply for jobs well I, I continue to interview for a job after hearing that I interviewed for a job near a place where I was Got the job, got a job offer even, but I still knew in the back of my head, okay, I, I got to go home. But I was still applying for jobs close to home, where I was, I was I was still applying, right? And I got other calls as well, but those just didn't work out. And I, I of course, I didn't take it <laughs> because I got the instructions and I wanted to be obedient to what God said, which was go home. So... I couldn't take that. But imagine having opportunities pop up or imagine having just things that you want pop up, especially when you're in a place of wanting something or especially when you're in a place where God has told you to do something, but then you see things popping up that go against what he told you to do. And they sound great. The opportunities sound great. They sound amazing. And sometimes they're things that me personally, I may want to do. And I may not always want to be obedient to what God has to say. And honestly, that's normal. That's normal. Sometimes we're not going to want to, but it's best that we do. But imagine being in a place where you want security. Imagine being, especially like for me, that's the place where I'm at right now. I, I Especially right after graduation, that's where I'm at. I want security, consistent income, be able to buy the things that I want, save up for the future, And that's where I'm at. But think about where you are right now. Think about what area of your life that you are in where you are hoping for something else or you are wanting direction on something. Or maybe you've asked God, what do I do in this situation? And he's giving you an answer or maybe he's he's giving you a pull or tugging your spirit about what to do. So think about where you are right now. So for me, that's my career. And it's all I'm, I'm having all these I'm having all these types of jobs, ways to make money, B 
be obedient. I'm having all these ways to make money, but I'm still wanting to be obedient. And all having all these types of jobs, I'm still wanting to be obedient. And in this and in this moment, I'm just wanting discernment on what to choose, where to go. Yeah. So that's where I'm at right now. And I want and I one thing that I've been thinking about is it, this is just something that I've I have a hunger for right now. For me, it's my career. And when I talk about hunger, this is going to be important for what our our message or topic or story is for later for it for this episode. So when I say hunger, my hunger for this is just my career, one in stability, one in consistency. And so we're going to talk about somebody later on or in a couple minutes. But today, I I just I I came across someone in 1 Kings. I was just drawn to read 1 Kings. I I can't recall what made me feel this draw. But in 1 Kings, we see the rise and fall. How God raises kings. They disobey him. God sends a prophet to tell them about themselves. And then they just die. Somehow they get killed. We see the rise and fall of kings. Now Now, while there are some who are obedient and they do what God commands them to do, we got some that just they, they they just aren't on that they just aren't on that wave. It just seems that they a lot of these kings. I'm like, yo, how many of them are gonna continue to do the opposite of what God told them to do? Disobey God, not obey His commands, start serving other gods, <laughs> making other idols, and it's like, yo, why can't they just get it together, yo? <laughs> And it's like a man, uh, uh, the main thing about them is they're creating idols. They're turning their hearts from gods. They're being other gods. And God is just not pleased at all. And so I see this in first Kings and, and I'm saying, yo, this is crazy. Like, why are they, why are they doing this? Especially after knowing another King, like you, you start disobeying God after knowing another King before you did this, did the same thing and you're going to do it too. All right. But anyways, but then, you know, I'm like, I see a lot of me in this. I can't judge because I have done the same thing. I've done the same thing. I've disobeyed God. I haven't followed his word. I haven't always done the things that he asked me to do. Or I would do something. Somebody would tell me not to do it. I would do it anyway. Suffer the consequences of it. So I cannot talk trash about, (laughs) I can't talk trash about them as much. (laughs) All right. But one thing I will say is I came across, I, uh, the main person that I want to focus on today is a man of God. He doesn't have a name, but this man of God is sent to tell a king named Jeroboam about himself. So some things that I want you to look out for is this man of God's instructions, the instructions that he receives from God, his intentions, and also his actions 
or his lack thereof, which, which ultimately leads to his disobedience. So we got this man of God who shall remain nameless because <laughs> I don't have a name. I don't, we don't have a name for him, but he's sent to tell a king who's named Jeroboam about himself. So some things to look out for is his instructions, his intentions, and his actions. So because he's sent to tell Jeroboam about himself, we, I, I need to give you a little backstory about who King Jeroboam is. Like, who is that anyway? So King Jeroboam is a king that God raises. So in 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 31, there's a prophet who's coming to tell King Jeroboam that he's going to be king over 10 tribes of Israel, right? So this is a prophet that's coming to, coming to Jeroboam and he tears off his garment. Like imagine that somebody comes towards you and they just tear off their clothes, <laughs> but he comes toward King Jeroboam. He comes toward Jeroboam. He's not king yet, but he comes toward Jeroboam, tears off his clothes and takes 10 pieces and he gives it to Jeroboam, right? And so in 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 31, he said to Jeroboam, take 10 pieces for yourself, for thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. Behold, I am going to tear the kingdom from the hand of Solomon and give you 10 tribes. But he and his descendants. Oh, but first, let me pause. So he's telling King Jeroboam that he's going to take the king, the kingdom from the hand of Solomon. And so just a little backstory. Solomon is the king of these tribes right now. And here's why. But he and his descendants shall have one tribe. Benjamin was annexed to Judah for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem. The city which I have chosen out of all tribes of Israel. Because they have abandoned me and have worshipped. Ashtoreth, the go the goddess of the city. Oh my goodness, y'all! Some of these names in the Bible they be crazy. All right, but the Sidonians, Shemash, the god of Moabites, and Malcolm, the god of the sons of Ammon, and they have not walked in my ways and have followed my commandments, doing what is right in my sight. And keeping my statutes and my ordinances, as did his father David. So, what this prophet is telling to Jeroboam is that God is going to give, to tear the kingdom from King Solomon, who is not doing his job. They're worshiping other gods, making and putting them before God. They're, he's not following in his ways, he's not following God's commandments. And he's not keeping his ordinances, just as his father David was, right? Just as his father David was. And David is Solomon's father. And Solomon is the current king that is not keeping God's commandments. So because of this, God is going to give the kingdom or make Jeroboam the king over 10 tribes of Israel. And he says to him, 
in verse 37. In 1 Kings 11, verse 37, I will take you, Jeroboam, and you shall reign over whatever your soul desires, and you shall be king over Israel, the 10 northern tribes. Then it shall be that if you listen to all that I command you and walk in my ways and do what is right in my sight, keeping and observing my statutes and my commandments as my servant David did, then I will be with you. And build you an enduring house as I built for David. And I will give Israel to you. So God has some instructions for Jeroboam as well. Make sure Jeroboam, when you become king, make sure you keep my commandments. And God says that if he does keep his commandments, he's going to build him an enduring house. Just as he built David. And just a little backstory. David was the king. Uh, David was a king that was after God's own heart. He 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 walked with God. And he strived to do things that was pleasing to God. He kept God's commandments. But King Solomon, David's son, didn't do didn't didn't do all that, you know? Especially towards the end of his life. He didn't do all of that, which is why he's having the kingdom be taken from him. So, y'all, as the story progresses, we have Jeroboam, who eventually becomes king over the 10 tribes of Israel. So we see King Jeroboam, he becomes king. And then guess what? He started going against what God told him to do. Yes, (laughs) y'all. Crazy. I know. Especially for me, I was like, what? But I wasn't too surprised. Jeroboam did fail to keep God's command. So we see in 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 26, it says that Jeroboam doubted God's promise to him and said in his heart, now the kingdom will return to the house of David. If these people go up to the house of the Lord in Jerusalem to offer sacrifices when their heart Then their heart will turn to the Lord, to Rehoboam, king of Judah, and they will kill me and return to Rehoboam, king of Judah. So just to just just to clarify what Jeroboam is saying is that Jeroboam is doubting God's promise to him. Right. And he's scared that. The people that he's ruling over, the people in Israel, that they are going to turn back to the house of David. Now, the house of David. So King Solomon built the Lord's temple for the people of Israel to worship, to make sacrifices to God. And he... King Jeroboam, (laughs) he's doubting and he's saying that if the people go to this house that was built in Jerusalem, that they're going to turn and they're they're going to return to the king there and that they are going to end up killing King Jeroboam. So it seems that he has some doubt, but he also has some fear, too, you know, and so. In verse 28, we see we see that 
the king took counsel and followed bad advice. And he made two calves of gold. And he said to the people, it is too much for you to go all the way to Jerusalem. Behold your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And he sent the golden calf in Bethel and the other he put in Dan. Now, before I keep going further, he put one of the calves at towards the northern side of the of the tribes of Israel. And he put the other golden calf towards the, the southern side. So they had one that they can go towards the north to worship and one that they can go towards the south to worship. So in verse 20, so in verse 30, we see that now this thing became a sin for Israel because the people went to worship before the one or the other of them as far as Dan. And so, like I said before, it seems that it seems that King Jeroboam had some fear. And so because of this, and he also has some doubt about the promise that God made to him, that the people were going to go back and turn to the, the, the house of David, which he had, which had just been turned over, which the people had just been turned over to him. And this led Jeroboam to build golden calves for the people to worship and make sacrifices to. And this is not what God commanded him to do. So he's being, so he's not, which, which isn't pleasing to God. So this leads us to the person that I really, really, really want to focus on. And that is the man of God that is sent to tell Jeroboam about himself. So this man of God has some instructions that God gives him. And so there's four instructions. So I want you to pay attention and look out for these instructions that God gives him. And so just like before, when I was telling you, when I was uh, saying that we have some things that we're going to focus on, especially for this story, when it comes to this prophet. So some things that we're going to be looking out for was his instructions from God, his intentions, and also his actions or lack thereof, which led to his disobedience. So here are the instructions that the man of God was given. God told him, go, go give the king the message. God gave, them, gave him the instruction of giving the king Jeroboam a me- the message. Do not return by the same way you came. Do not eat and do not drink. So let's read about it. So we have in 1 Kings chapter 13, verse 2, where the man, which is the man of God, is going to the altar where Jeroboam is. And he's crying out against the altar. So try to picture this. He's he's going into he's going to this altar. Jeroboam's there, and he's crying out against the altar, talking to the altar. And he's saying, "The man cried out against the idolatrous altar by the word of the Lord." O altar, altar, thus says the Lord, behold, a son shall be born to the house of David, Josiah by name, and on you shall shall he sacrifice the bodies of the priests of the high places who burn incense on you, and human bones shall be burned on you. 
And he gave a sign the same day saying, this is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be slid apart and the acid, the ashes that are on it shall be poured out. So he comes to King Jeroboam. He cries out to the altar. He's saying that the priests that are making these sacrifices on the altar that are against God, they are going to be sacrificed on this altar. And not only did he give him the message, not only did the man of God give King Jeroboam the message, but he also gave him a sign that it was from God by saying the altar is going to be split apart and the ashes are the ashes that are on it are going to be poured out. So y'all guess what happened? King Jeroboam got mad and he said, seize him. And so he wants him to be taken. He wants him to be taken away. And when King Jeroboam is pointing to the man of God who just gave this word from the Lord, his hand, they say withered or paralyzed, became withered or paralyzed in that moment. So he couldn't take his hand back. So imagine imagine pointing at somebody and your hand gets stuck. <laughs> so that's what happened to King Jeroboam. He got mad, said, seize him. And as he's pointing, he can't draw his hand back. His hand is stuck there. And then the altar splits apart and the ashes pour out. Then King Jeroboam then asked the man of God, pray that his, that his, his, hand, his hand would become better and that he can draw his arm back. It happens. And then in 1 Kings 13 verse 7, and the king Jeroboam said to the man of God, come home with me. And refresh yourself and I will give you a reward. But the man of God said to the king, even if you were to give me half of your house, I would not go with you, nor would I eat bread or drink water in this place. For I was commanded by the word of the Lord. You shall not eat bread or drink water, nor shall you return by the way that you came. So I just want to refer to. The instructions that the man of God was given. Do not eat bread. Well, first, God told him to give the message, right? So go give the king the message. Then do not eat bread. Don't drink. Do not return by the same way that you came. But then here comes some trouble. <laughs> There was someone there who had seen the encounter of, of what was going on. So he had to be near it in the room somehow. And he went to tell his dad, who was an old prophet. And so he told the old prophet, which was his dad, everything that had gone on, everything that the man of God had told Jeroboam. He told him what the man of God said told him about the sacrifices and how the men that was making sacrifices were going to be sacrificed on the altar. He told him about the season of the hands. He told him about it all. And he also told him about the part where don't eat, don't drink. But you get the point. So the, whoever was there watching went back to tell his dad about the encounter and his dad was the old prophet. And once the old prophet heard this, in 1 Kings 13, 12, it states, their father asked them, which way did he go? 
for his sons had seen which way the man of God who came from Judah had gone. He said to his sons, saddle the donkey for me. So they saddled the donkey for him and he rode away on it. And he went after the man of God and he found him sitting under an oak tree. And he said to him, are you the man of God who came from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said to him, come home with me and eat bread. He said, I cannot return with you nor go in with you, nor will I eat bread or drink water with you in this place. For I was told by the word of the Lord, you shall not eat bread nor drink water there, nor shall you return by going the way that you came. He answered him. Now, listen what this old prophet says. <laughs> he answered him. I, too, am a prophet as you are. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord, saying, bring him back with you to your house so that you may eat bread and drink water. But he lied to him. So the man of God went back with him and ate bread in his house and drank water. So let's keep let, let's let's go back. Remember, I was saying let's focus on what his instructions were. His instructions were do not eat, do not drink, do not return by the same way that you came. And how some points I said we I wanted us to focus on was focus on God's instructions that he gave to the man of God. Focus on his intentions and then let's focus on his and then focus on his actions. So God gave him instructions. Don't eat, don't drink, don't go by the same way that you came. And we see that this man of God has every intention on pleasing God. He tells King Jeroboam what God told him, what's going to happen on the altar. And then he refuses food and drink from King Jeroboam. And then he goes and sits under this tree. So he had the intent, it seems that like he had the intentions of doing what God said. And then the same goes for when the old prophet came to him and said, come back with me. Even then he mentioned again, no, God told me, do not eat, do not drink and do not go back the same way that you came. So we see his intentions, but then we hear somebody who lies to him. And says, oh, well, an angel told me by the word of the Lord to give you something to eat, to give you something to drink. So come back to my house, right? And the man of God got up and went. But let's keep on reading. I lost my spot and I am there. Okay, so in 1 Kings chapter 13, verse 21, and he cried out to the man of God who had come from Judah. So the prophet is now telling the man of God. Thus says the Lord, because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept the commandment which the Lord your God commanded you. But have come back and have eaten bread and drunk water in the place of which the Lord said to you, you shall not eat bread nor drink water. Your body shall not come to the tomb of your father's ancestors. 
after the prophet of the house had eaten bread and after he had drunk, he saddled the donkey for the prophet whom he had brought back. Now, when he had gone, a lion met him by the road and killed him. And his body was thrown in the road with the donkey standing beside it. The lion was also beside the body. Y'all, this is crazy. He literally just got eaten by a lion. Well, attacked. He didn't get eaten. Attacked by a lion. All because he listened to someone who was lying to him and disobeyed the instructions that God gave. And you remember how I was saying that, that some things I wanted to look out for was the instructions that he had from God, his intentions. It seems like he had great intentions, but he listened to the wrong person, believed the wrong person, and that, and that led him to have actions of going to this old prophet's house, which cost him his life because of his disobedience. So you may be thinking, what does this mean? <laughs> what does that got to do with me? How does this apply to my life? You remember how I was asking you in the beginning, what are some things that you are hungry for? What are some things that you're believing in God for? What are some things that you may have asked God for and he's giving you an answer? The list goes on. <laughs> but whatever your answer to that question is, it made me think about the hunger that this man had. And it made me think about how sometimes our lack of discernment can cause us to be off the off all the way off the path that God wants us to be on. And it can cost us. It can cost us. It can cost you. So I was just thinking about the man on this journey, you know, and it's like, well, dang, well, you should have just listened to God. But I, as I was reading this, I put myself in these shoes and I said, this is me. I have had every intention of doing what God has told me to do. And sometimes I get off track because of what may be coming my way. Because things may look good. Things may sound good. And then boom. The fall. <laughs> but I was just thinking about the man, the man of God on his journey. And he must he he was going and he had every intention of doing what God told him to do. And he and he he did it. He went to tell the prophet, sorry, he went to tell the king, Jeroboam, what God told him. And he he even he even turned down food and turned down drink from the king. And initially he turned down food and drinks from the prophet until he lied to him. But right, so I was just thinking about the man on his journey. He must have been hungry. He must have been thirsty. He must have been tired. And I'm pretty sure like he went to sit under a tree, y'all. So he he had to sit, he he had to want to sit down and get some rest for a while, want a place to stay for a while. And God gave him the instructions: don't eat, don't drink, don't go back the same way you came. And then the old prophet comes by the way of the Lord to speak to him. And it was when 
this old prophet told the old told the man of God, oh, I too am a prophet as you are, you know, an angel of the Lord told me, bring him back to your house so that he may eat bread and drink water. It wasn't until he heard those words, something that he had been wanting to hear, something that he probably was desperate for in that moment, (laughs) something that he was wanting to hear and probably desperate for in that moment. Imagine being in his shoes, taking that journey, doing what God told you to do, and wanting to eat, wanting something to drink, wanting some place to go. And it's like, dang, that old prophet played on that. And then I thought about what am I hungry for? For me, it's a stable career, it's a consistent income with the job benefits, it's the work life balance. But then what I've seen come up in the time of in this search, I've seen jobs pop up. And if I were to take it, they would cause me to be disobedient to God. I've seen opportunities for money pop up. And if I were to to take it, they would either cause me to be unhappy, step out of the will of God, be disobedient to God. Whatever it may be, but I've seen these things pop up and I've seen how sometimes these things that look good, these things that sound good, they come into our lives and they get us off the track of being obedient to what God told us. And I told you what I was hungry for, but what are you hungry for? And it may not be a, like a deep hunger. It may not be something that you are just, I got to have it. I got to have it. I got to have it. But for me, it's just something that I desire right now. So what's something that you desire right now? Because for me, it's, it's been my career. But what are you hungry for? And then when you think about that, think about some ways that you could probably be blindsided. Or there could pop, probably be people or things that pop up to get you off of track, off of your track. One thing that I, 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 one point that I mentioned that I said I wanted us to focus on was his, his actions and one or his lack thereof. <laughs> but, but one of them was seeking God for discernment. In this moment, we didn't see this man of God ask the Lord one time, God, is this what you said? Not once did we hear or see this man of God say, God, well, I know you told me don't eat, don't drink, but this 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 old prophet is coming up to me and asking me to come to his house. Is this you? Not once did he do we see this man at this man of God ask for discernment. And that's one thing, one lesson that I have for myself, but one lesson I want to give to you is seek God for discernment. Pray for it, fast for it, and don't stop until you get it because it's vital. <laughs> it is vital. We, did, we didn't see him ask, God, is this what I should be doing? God, is this where I should be going? Seek confirmation. And we, we didn't even ask, we didn't even see him ask for confirmation. And for you, it's the same question. Ask God, God, is this what I should be doing? God, is this where I should be going? 
and seek confirmation. And until confirmation comes, or if no confirmation comes, stick to the original instructions. His original instructions was don't eat, don't drink. He should have asked. But you know what? I ain't judging because I probably would have been it. I ain't judging because if that was me, I probably would have did the same thing. Because I seen myself in him. And I felt I felt like this would be a great topic of the episode because I know there has to be somebody who will benefit from this, who may be in a situation where they're seeking God and they may like they may be like me. They're seeking God for something. God told them to do something and they have people or opportunities popping up. And before you do it, before you take a step. Ask God, is this what I should be doing? Is this where I should be going? Is this who I should be linking up with? Is this who I should be partnering up with? Is this, is this who I should be going into business with? Is this the job that I should take? Is this the company that I should be in alignment with? Please, seek God for discernment. And I'm pretty sure if he would have waited and he would have said, God, is this what you want me to do? It would have been okay for him to miss out on a meal. It would have been okay for him to miss out on that drink than to risk his life. So seek God for discernment. And even in this moment where you where you still may be wanting to know, is this God? Some, some other questions that I have are, does this align with God's word? Does, is is whatever is is coming up to you is this does this align with God's word does this align with what he said did i go back to what god said <laughs> and do you feel peace about it do you truly feel peace about what the the outcome is or what the thing is whatever it may be for you because for me, I haven't felt peace about anything that's came into my way yet. So I say, you know what? It's best that I just not take it. It's best that I just not take it. And just like this man, tests are coming. Tests are coming. The old prophet sought the man of God and he tested him. He tested him, y'all. He he. It's like, dang, did God really say that to him? Did God really tell that man that? And he went to him. He lied to the man of God about what the Lord said. And know that tests are coming for you too. So, And that's exactly why I, I want us to be equipped, especially because we're still people. You know, and I want us to make sure that we're making the right decisions in our personal lives. We're making the right decisions in our professional lives, our careers. I want to make sure that we're making the right decisions. And I'm striving to do the same thing, too. Um, like, like I said in the beginning, I'm right here with y'all. Right here with y'all. So three things, three points. Obey the voice of God. Seek God for discernment. And no tests are coming. <laughs> and when those tests come, refer back to point one. Obey the voice of God. 
and then go to point two. See God for discernment. So in what areas are you trusting God? What has God told you to do? What have you felt in an unction in your spirit telling you what to do? What have you heard God's voice about? Well, telling you to do. Do you have peace about whatever it is that is coming up in your life? Do not let your hunger or excitement or people claiming that they have something good for you or people claiming that they're hearing from God get you out of alignment with God and cause you to be disobedient. Because as as you can see (laughs) with the man of God, he was attacked by a lion and lost his life. And for you, you may not physically die. You may not walk outside and get attacked by a lion. You may not walk outside and get hit by a car or hit by a bus. <laughs> that was that was crazy. But you you may that may not happen. But to experience death, to suffer to experience death, I was looking at some definitions of death, and it's to suffer total and irreversible loss of bodily attributes and functions that constitute life, but also to lose force, strength, or active qualities. And I think about how this is in our spiritual life, how we can lose force, how we can lose strength, how we can lose some of these active qualities in our spiritual life, and how we may not die physically, but we can feel like we're spiritually dead and we can be the walking dead because of something like disobedience. So again, don't let your hunger or excitement or people claiming they have something good for you or people claiming that they're hearing from God get you out of alignment with God and cause you to be disobedient because disobedience will cost you your life. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and have a, oh, and follow us on Instagram at MadScientistSC or, and follow me at Marilyn Chanel on Instagram. I'm taking a little break from Instagram, so I may not get to your message as soon as possible, but Send me a DM, send me a message. How did you enjoy this? How did you how did how does this impact your life and how has disobedience or being obedient impacted your life? I know I have way more stories of times of me being disobedient and it really did cause me to feel spiritually dead. Whew, and I will never want to revisit that again, but um I'm really striving to be obedient in in my life, especially especially now. Um, but yeah, so I hope you guys have an amazing rest of your week and, and, um, yeah, I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Mad Scientist podcast. Remember, we are grace to dominate STEM.